1: and welcome to the explaining history podcast and today i'm going to be talking about french fascism between the world wars um the uh, story of french fascism after world war ii is kind of quite a quite a long one probably more involved than we've got time for today but i obviously will return to it and um I think there's a lot we can learn by a uh, studying comparative fascisms. Um, most of the time we talk about Nazism, which I'd say is almost a slightly aberrant variant of uh, fascism, which has its own particular racial characteristics to it. Um, not that there aren't racial characteristics in the fascisms, but they are quite distinct within uh, Nazism. Um, and there are the um, Italian and French uh, fascisms, um, and other European fascisms have uh, probably kind of a lot more in common with each other than they do with Nazism. So looking at um, the, the the variants of fascism that we, we don't normally tend to examine because they were not fascisms that really made it, that really uh, became um, state regimes, can be very useful and very interesting. Now, the story we're going to focus on today begins in 1919, uh, following the end of the First World War and um, the the um, post-war um, Paris Peace Conference. And the government of Georges Clemenceau um, is this resurgent uh, nationalist uh, government that really um, embraces the uh, sacrifices of the war as something wholly positive Um, whilst previously the invasion of Germany in the Franco-Prussian War or Prussia and German states during the Franco-Prussian War of 1870 was seen as a national humiliation and a terrible tragedy and nationalism between 1870 and 1914 was of this angry, revanchist um, character Post-war um, French nationalism uh, saw that, despite the horrors of the war, despite the the war that pushed the French army to the point of mutiny, um, and despite the fact that the French suffered comparatively greater casualties than any any other uh, army, um, the war itself had had a, a cleansing effect. That the martyrdom had. Um, resulted in victory, and France had been vindicated, France's honour had been restored, and this uh, creates an environment for radical nationalism to prosper. And it um, first develops in the guise of the group Action Française. Clemenceau's government, the Bloc National, um, engaged in a patriotic um, culture. A lot of it was based around Joan of Arc, um, the Maid of Orleans, um, as a a, san- a saintly figure um, who should be remembered for having uh, rescued and uh, saved France from the English uh, in the 15th century. However, the thing about fascism and fascisms in general is they tend to look deep into the past to find narratives that create a coherent sense of the nation and thus a, uh, a way of guiding it into an uncertain future. Action Francaise was a, a monarchical um, proto-fascist group. Um, they were, I suppose the fact that France was one of the, the first republics of modern Europe um, meant that um, radical right-wing politics might take take a kind of monarchical turn. Um, again, fascisms are very frequently all about restorations of uh, old orders, bringing back things um, that were, were once great and glorious, even though if indeed they actually weren't very great or glorious at all. Charles Maurras, the um, uh, leading figure in Action Francaise, Argued that republics were weak and that uh, everything that had really happened to uh, the French Republic, if you, um, not including Napoleon, had been generally extremely bad. The problem for Action Francaise uh, and other fascist groups on the right um, was that they weren't likely to enjoy the same success as uh, the right in both Italy and Germany because the threat from the left uh, was not. Uh, in any way as considerable. Um, Mussolini's rise to power by 1922 in Italy is largely based on uh, a a fear of a very imminent uh, communist revolution. By the early 1920s, the fear is still of a resurgent Germany. Um, The fact that there's been a communist revolution in Russia means that if Germany went to war against France again, there would be almost no chance of Russia uh, being uh, France's key ally, as Russia had traditionally been on the continent. The uh, British seemed to be more engaged with the problems of their own empire, and America was slipping away into isolationism. So a a robust policy of holding uh, holding Germany down uh, was far more important. And this was a narrative that was much more easily... Um, captured by the political center ground. It's something that all French people, uh, by and large, agreed on, and the um, it, it left very little territory for the extreme right to exploit. When Action Francais um, attacked uh, the, the left, they you know physically assaulted trade unionists and socialists, it actually encouraged left-wing parties... Uh, to coalesce together uh, and um work together um the in 1924 um the left parties formed the cartel de gauche um which won the 1924 legislative elections so in fact actually fascist violence backfired um and unified the left and it's often tempting to wonder what might have happened in germany if um the uh, democratic and revolutionary left had uh, aligned themselves together. But, you know, unfortunately, we can't really engage in counterfactuals on that one. It was the election of the Cartel de Gauche um, that seems to kind of change things, however. Firstly, between 1920 and twenty four, there had been seven governments come and go, um, and the um, electoral system seemed extremely fragile, uh, the, the, the French bourgeoisie, the property classes, are very nervous about the election of um, the cartel de Gauche and they see large tax rises and the possibility of property loss uh, and all sorts of uh, you know, creeping Bolshevism um, and there is a kind of a, a, a fear that um, possibly more extreme alternatives perhaps on the right, need to be uh, adopted in order to counter this. As Germany I- emerged from diplomatic isolation by the mid-1920s and anxieties about Germany re-emerged, um, and you have the development of a more organised political left, uh, this gives rise to new, more radical um, uh, nationalist groups, um, the Jeune Patriote um, for example, emerge in response to the uh, Cartel de Gauche. And they were led by Pierre Tatinger, who was fascinated by Mussolini and fascinated by um, the ability that Mussolini and fascism in Italy seemed to have to radicalise the youth and, and galvanise uh, young people. Um, he saw that the French left was a, a growing force, and thought that um, there was nothing on the the, the electoral or the the constitutional right that could possibly deal with it. The Jeunes Patriotes were a a kind of heady mixture of extreme French nationalism, anti-communism, and uh, Catholicism, uh, the the, the defence of Catholicism. And they managed to uh, collect together some 65,000 supporters by about 1926... How many were um, bored and disempowered young men, perhaps war veterans, who were attracted to the violence in much the way uh, that the black shirts in Italy and the Freikorps Corps in Germany uh, were, that um, ultimately, as one historian put it, um, when referring to the Freikorps Corps and then later the, the brown shirts, that um, the, the appeal was uh, there were going to be some fistfights, a few beers, a little bit of pocket money and some, some bloody good fun uh, to to be had out of causing mayhem. You'd like to think that there was a kind of a more ideological underpinning to fascism sometimes, but uh, apparently not. Many of the groups on the right, including the Jeune Patriot, um, were, were less political parties than uh, leagues and associations. Um, social clubs, if you will, with an, an ideological bent um for um people uh, normally ex-servicemen um to um coalesce and kind of uh, act out their their own kind of political uh, views and uh, and beliefs and um gain some some sort of, uh, of of shared sense of allegiance from there was no um suggestion in the Jeune patriot of a kind of a, a transformative and revolutionary creed to upend society and create some kind of a new racial or social order, it was really a sort of uh, broad based populism. One figure in the kind of the morass of French fascism who's quite interesting is that of Georges Valois um, who founded uh, the fasseux, or the the, the the fascist party. Um, and he is this meeting of um, the tra- French tradition, the Prudinist tradition of French anarchism uh, with fascism. He'd originally been in the Axiom Francaise, um, but as he'd, he'd grown up, he grown up in immense poverty, and uh, been inclined towards um, anarchism. And Valois um, eventually adopts these uh, standard fascist um social Darwinist ideas um and in, and which are seem to be in real at real odds with anarchist thinking um, he believed that um ultimately he began to believe that ultimately man was um, idle and weak until forced by a um a higher power and higher authority um and a strong leader. Um, to reach his true potential, really, you know, the the antithesis of of anarchist thinking. Um, He was uh, a a mass of contradictions, as as many fascists really are. Um, On one side, rejecting um, bourgeois uh, materialism and bourgeois culture um, and believing in a certain kind of Spartan asceticism, but also believing in uh, material um, material growth and GDP growth and uh, developing the economy uh, because it would underpin um, defence and, and welfare. Um, and he was a... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn,
0: you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
1: which brought together um, um anarchists and uh, syndicalists with uh, action-francaise fascists. Valois eventually rejects the action-francaise, uh, calling them elitists, and, and many of them were um, fascist intellectuals and quite removed from um, the, uh, the, the lives of uh, the French working classes. When Valois visited Italy at the behest of the new fascist government in 1923, he came back with uh, an idea that a political movement in the guise of the fascio um, could be created that would appeal to uh, both left and right, would reach beyond the kind of the narrow confines of the political spectrum. Valois himself had something of a tragic fate. Um, by the mid 1920s, his movement had about thirty thousand members. And its um, opponents on, on the right, uh, people like Morris, um implied that he was in the pay of Italy, um, and used influence to strangle the uh, money that um, uh, Valois had managed to gain from industry as a as part of their kind of anti trade union uh, activities. Um, by 1929, the fascia was broke and it was out of money and was um, abandoned. Um, and Valois himself seems to gradually have distanced himself from fascism, so much so that uh, during the Second World War, when France is invaded, Valois um, joined the resistance um, and was finally caught by the Nazis and died at Bergen-Belsen concentration camp in 1945. One of the factors that was France's saving grace was that once the Depression hit France quite hard, uh, though later on, the Depression really begins in France in 1936. Um, It never really um, destabilises French society. French society seems to be much more robust than that of of Germany. And um, the French society seems to be able to kind of absorb the Great Depression in a way that the uh, German society can't. In 1927 a uh, organization the croix de feu was uh, founded for ex-servicemen and whilst associated with being a a fascist organization um it was it had less of an ideological program um and more of a reactionary agenda simply reacting to a, a host of things it viewed as Objectionable or threatening, uh, mainly the threat of communism and socialism in France. Their um, leader, a uh, former French army colonel, Larocque, um, also embraced uh, some broadly populist—not not Marxist, I would argue—broadly populist, anti-capitalist um, points. Um, you know, the, a, a loathing of. uh, Banks and the uh, the finance um, the system of 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 finance that seemed to only enrich the tiny tiny minority, and of course into this comes um, anti-Semitism, as Jews are popularly associated with finance and money lending. As we know, um, if you look back to the uh, Dreyfus affair, France has a, a long and impressive history of anti-Semitism. Uh, normally, we associate anti-Semitism with Germany, but um, the in terms of uh, anti-Semitic um, anti-Semitic outrages um, between you know the uh, 1890 and 1930, probably France has far more instances of that. It was the Croix de Fure that had the greatest success in the long run in groups on, on the extreme right. Um, by opening the doors to not just uh, former servicemen but to the general public and by creating a, a brown shirt style paramilitary organisation, um, the uh, Croix de Fure, uh membership expanded from 30,000 in 1933. To 500,000 by 1936. Um, the effect on the left in France is pronounced. So during the 20s, uh, where there had been a, a kind of a bit of a phony war uh, uh, between the, the left and right, um, that really changes uh, by 1934. In tandem to this, um, was the, were developed within the Parti Communiste Francais which was, of course, a Comintern party and which was uh, given its instructions uh, by Moscow. After the shock of uh, Hitler's appointment in January 1933, Stalin began to rethink his ideas of accusing uh, social democratic parties of being, as he called them, social fascists and being, in his view, far more dangerous than any fascist party going, he suddenly realised that actually alliances between the democratic left and the revolutionary left were probably very useful from fending off a development of a fascist Europe which might well wind up uh, being set on Russia uh, like some kind of attack dog. This in turn results in the uh, development of the popular front government in 1936 which again has a, uh, a profound reaction on the right, um, particularly as the socialist Jewish uh, Prime Minister Leon Blum um, comes to power in that year. And 1936 is a year of economic crisis, um, of uh, radical left politics becoming uh, more established, and also a year when union militancy uh, becomes uh, far more mainstream and far uh, far more sporadic. Um, the uh, st- level of strikes and sit-ins and wage demands uh, allow the more paranoid on the right to think that perhaps this is the uh, the prelude to a revolution. One of the first acts of Leon Blum's government was to ban uh, fascist paramilitaries, particularly as uh, in the run-up to the election he'd actually been violently assaulted by them, so perhaps didn't have much of a sense of humour about that sort of thing. And the response of this banning was for certain small groups um, to develop, such as the Comité Secret D'action Révolutionnaire, uh, called uh, rather ludicrously Cagoule uh, as a, a um, an acronym, um, to uh, begin a terrorist war uh, against the French state. And so, uh, a, a, a small but not inconsiderable number of bombings and assassinations took place. La Roque um, and transformed the croix de Feu into the Parti Social-Francais um, to uh, move it away from the idea that it was a, a, a militia uh, into a mainstream electoral fascist party. By 1937, um, it appeared to have a million members and three million by 1939. And initially the party had mainly white collar uh, upper middle class members but by the late 1930s this huge upsurge in numbers uh, came from the uh, the peasant the french peasantry and the working classes but it was the parti populaire français um that again by world the eve of world war II, had 600,000 members um, that was the most explicitly uh, fascist, with the most clearly articulated uh, racial and anti-Semitic views, um, and the um, once again uh, holding on to the um, myth of Arc and the the symbolism of Genovarque, um and the uh, idea that of an uh, a sanctified um, exceptionalist. Uh, French nation um, blessed by history and uh, deemed to have this um, great and glorious patriotic future. But it was the decline of the popular front that gives us a clue as to the popularity of these Parties. As the Popular Front goes into decline by 1938, funding for these fascist parties dries up. So it was clearly French capital who were putting up the money to pay for um, these extreme right wing organisations in the belief that it was somehow undermining this e- e- elected socialist regime. And once a, a more conservative uh, regime under uh, Deladier uh returns to power then there is no need to worry uh, too much uh, uh, about um an elected socialist government uh, and, and thusly the f- the funds for the pcf and the ppf tend to dry up uh, quite considerably So, the fascism in France has mixed blessings throughout the interwar period. Um, It never manages to have its uh, electoral or um, mass movement breakthrough moment, uh, though there are large numbers of people in uh, extreme nationalist and and fascist parties. The um, centre manages to hold fairly successfully for most of the period, um, and certainly by 1939, if not in terms of membership, then in terms of finance, the fascist right are in decline. But, but, and there's a, there's a significant but here: the invasion of um, Germany in 1940 and the creation of the Vichy regime um, was influenced really by this period of time. The uh, Vichy regime, which had openly fascist uh, policies, uh, was not unpopular by any stretch of the imagination. There were people who supported it. They did not consider themselves to be necessarily oppressed by it or reluctant to be ruled by it. Uh, And why might this be so? Well, because uh, throughout the 1930s, uh, a large number of uh, potentially fascist voters... And supporters had coalesced around these parties, and they coalesced around the, these parties had existed to coalesce around because of the various social and economic pressures of the uh, Great Depression and fears about communism about French national decline uh, about the romanticization of the sacrifice of the war uh, and about you know the, the the glorification of militarism all these factors uh, and the the need for French uh, citizens to to uh, in these conditions to imagine a a sense of nationhood uh, and national identity uh, create um, a a rich breeding ground for fascist ideas and it is the opportunity that is granted to fascism comes with Hitler uh, and invasion. I hope you found that useful, and you can now find the entire back catalogue of Explaining History podcasts on the explain- the new look, all vamped up, and uh, not quite finished yet, to be perfectly honest with you, Explaining History website, uh, and I will be adding more features to it soon to make it a more a richer uh, user experience for you guys. Anyway, I hope you've enjoyed this, and I'll catch you on the next podcast. All the best, thanks, bye-bye.